Welcome to episode 164 of Nobody Special. On this week's episode, we talk about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. The Gospel Outpost presents Nobody Special. Hey everybody, welcome to Nobody Special, to Nobody's Talking About the Somebody Who Matters. I'm Danny the Host and the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse Specialist of Nobody Special. And I'm Caleb, you're the host of Nobody Special. This is the podcast where two generations of people are looking to find God in pop culture, politics, and everything in between, all while not taking any of it too seriously. Hey Caleb. Hey Danny. I've been, so I don't have like a game thing anymore. No, I have a Switch. I forgot. I don't yeah. play the things anymore. You have an Xbox One, too. I don't have the power cord for it, so it's kind of the same as not having one. It costs like 10 bucks. Yeah, but then You're I would... 10 bucks away from having an Xbox One. Right. You're like a kid saving up for an Xbox One. But I don't have the new Xbox, so like I don't even really care that much anyway. You know. Oh, I thought that was the newest Xbox. No. It shows how no, much no, no, I no. There's the Xbox... X... <laughs> What is it? It's I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know. It's like special Xbox something. Anyway, next level. It, it's pretty dumb. But I've been watching a lot of playthroughs of a lot of different games uh, to save money <laughs> because I don't know. It's just fun. And yeah. um, there's a new game out, and I've been I've been teaching the theology class. Mm-hmm. Um, and I need to get your opinion on something. Okay. A lot of my typing I've been typing while uh, watching someone play Resident Evil Eight. Mm, on theology, huh? Am I good? <laughs> Am I good? I think so, you know? Do you know anything about these games? I know that there is a Resident Evil in mm-hmm. them. I know and... that there's a residence, <laughs> and it's largely evil. Yeah. Um, and other than that, no. So, Isn't it a, a girl is the main character? Am I making that up? There, what, um, so the earlier, um, we don't have fully, some of them have a main character that's a girl, those tend to also, the earlier games had two different playthroughs that you could play as this character or this character, and their stories, they are a bit different, so to get the full experience, you have to play through them, like, multiple times, Okay. and there's deep plot, uh, that around game number, number six, five or six that they just decided like deep plot no thank you right. i'm just going to get weird uh these games are the fast and the furious of games to me that they started off like okay it's kind of an intriguing story i'm into it i'm into it right and then at a point it just turned into like and now there's werewolves why are there werewolves Nobody knows. Because the virus. And, like, no one knows what the virus is anymore or what it does or any of that. But um, you know, now the main – the the guy is, like, he's in Europe, but, like, Eastern y- Europe. And there's an 8-foot, 9-foot bad girl who the internet oddly sexualized. Hmm. And yeah, anyway, and he can't die. But he – and his hand got chopped off and the baby and – and and but anyway am i good like i've <laughs> i don't think so danny <laughs> i've been watching like 16 hours of this playthrough so. it's but really intriguing unrelated. i just don't think you're good <laughs> yeah right it's I'm, it's it's an intriguing game yeah they lost the plot a while ago mm-hmm. like honestly it starts off there's a there's a corporation where a virus gets loose mm. and 
kills a lot of humanity and turns a lot of people into zombies. Oh. Uh-huh. So, like, not relevant to today at all. A little bit. No. It's different. So, the um, the place in, in, in China mm-hmm. where they think the uh, coronavirus originated from... People have drawn comparisons because the company in Resident Evil is called Umbrella Corporation. Mm -hmm. And so they pulled up the logo of the Umbrella Corporation and they pulled up the logo of the, the... the place that was doing testing on COVID in in Wuhan. Mm-hmm. And it turns out like the only difference in the logo is that instead of red, it's blue yeah. and people went, <laughs> we're all going to die. But anyway, then the games, they got weird and now there's vampires and nine foot tall women who are oddly sexualized. Hmm. Yeah, that is weird. And I've been playing this in the background while I'm prepping my theology class, and I'm starting to feel a little bit guilty about it. So, yeah, that that's very uh, similar. You know, that brings up a lot of things that are uh, sound like the end times. You're not even really. going to try and validate my concerns. You're just going to jump straight into the next thing. <laughs> You're not even going to try. You made zero effort on this. I wonder if you guys can hear when I'm trying to segue because, you know. Well, well they can because obvious. we call it out every time. Yeah, yeah We, we kill it every single time. Uh, yeah, no, like um, the, the, the zombie apocalypse has long been a trope in pop culture that was about the end of times. And mm-hmm. uh, speaking of the end of times, we have a question from uh, Matthew H. Yes. Now, I'm not implying that anytime Matthew H. contacts us, it must be the end of times. I'm saying his question is pertaining to it. Yes. As the audience, you wouldn't know that yet. So you're just going to have to take our word for it and know that I really, I love Matthew H. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy. Yes. Caleb, do you want to read the question? Of course I do. This is the worst segue we've ever done into something. So... Matthew H. writes, do you have any general tips for Christians who are reading, studying, or teaching eschatology? There's frankly a crazy number of different perspectives and interpretations out there, and it can get exhausting for old and new believers alike. What are some general principles or practices that you would recommend to someone who is wanting to deepen this area of their faith and study? So there, there's, there's a few different things that I have um, about eschatology that I think are kind of important to do. Mm-hmm. And we're laughing because I've kind of talked about this a little bit. And, and, and for me, I need to explain where I'm coming from on this. Um, mm-hmm. I have, in the span of my pastoral career, I think it's good as people engage in theology and think through it and think about, ways to apply it. I actually think that's really important. Right. I, and I've talked about this on the show before, and I'm going to reiterate it again because it's that important to me. I've sat through so many miniature TED Talks on the four horsemen of the apocalypse and the thing they actually mean Right. that I, I, I can't, Caleb, I can't. You can't anymore? I can't do it. I can't. Which is unfair to everyone else because it is important to think about these things absolutely to understand Mm -hmm. it and all that. But I'd say if you're trying to study eschatology, 
take all that energy in in eschatology is the study of the end times uh take all that energy and put it into christology and ecclesiology and end times will just figure itself out in there. I mean, because ultimately that's what eschatology is made up of. It is. The, okay, yes. Because, you know, it's written, mm-hmm. and this is something I've learned, which I will talk more about. Mm-hmm. But um, the Village Church has a really good sermon mm-hmm. series right now. And something right. that Matt Chandler talks a lot about is that the common misconception about the book of Revelation mm-hmm. is that. It is written at like, and it's scary. It's mm-hmm. like there's all these monsters, and and what does it mean? Mm-hmm. It's so mysterious. But really, what it is written as is, um, a, just for the church to be encouraged through the um, the modern times of what's going to happen in the future, which we ultimately right. don't know. Um, and right. And it's meant to be encouraging and in a loving mm-hmm. um, kind of perspective from John and Jesus. Yeah. So, so especially Revelation, if I had to sum up that book, and, and, and to be fair, to understand that book in its entirety, you also have to understand the second half of Daniel, which most Sunday school classes will straight up skip because, boy, that book should just be two different books. There should be the narrative of Daniel and then the dreams and visions of Daniel because they're so drastically different. I th- just split them up. We'll have another book of the Bible. It'll be super dope. <laughs> um, they're that different. And Ezekiel, um, mm-hmm. who's a fairly uh, apocalyptic in his approach of prophecy, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. it tends to be, it tends to pull very hard out of both of those kind of sources so uh to understand revelation you have to go back and understand the new testament context and imagery that they're pulling out of to understand right. the, 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 the 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 thing john is communicating but but that book people have tended to say and they've done this all throughout history well this must be the end i mean even go back to like um world war Two. They thought that they're in the end times, uh, or or they're in that kind of their final stage. But then go back a little bit further, and this group thought they were in the final stage. Go back a little bit further, they thought this group they're in the final stage. All the way back to Nero, mm-hmm. the Christians they they interpreted the things that John is saying as statements pertaining to the emperor, and to a certain extent they were correct because it was absolutely talking about those things. However, in most cases of prophecies, uh, not just um, eschatology, but prophecy as a whole, um, it's talking about the immediate context that's brought up as and also uh, kind of a shadow of the thing to come. Mm -hmm. So these things, although terrible and bad, because no one argues Caligula and Nero are good people, they were not nearly as brutal as Hitler. Mm -hmm. Um, and still, there is a greater to come because clearly that was not the end. We're still here. Um, right. So we have to figure that out. Now, the key to eschatology then is to understand that it's, if if I'm trying to break down all, all, all the things, the important points are to the Christians, the world will hate you mm-hmm. and God is already one. Mm-hmm. If I can keep those two things at the same time, right, then I'll be fine. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I, the whole book of Revelation is essentially that. And I think Christians tend to quibble about the details on this of like, well, I think this means this and this means this, like wh- whatever. Right. I like, I personally, I have a lazy eschatology in that you get up every day and you love the Lord your God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And Mm-hmm. Love you, you, your neighbor as you, you, you yourself, and if if that's in in the face of persecution or in 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 the middle of a a massive World War Three, or there's a literal dragon flying through the air that mm-hmm. doesn't actually change the mission and the function of the Christian. Right. Yeah, that's good. And I mean, but I'm a lazy eschatologist, <laughs> right? And I think that's honestly the way it should be. Mm-hmm. And some things that have helped me, um, you know, kind of deepen my understanding of eschatology. I don't really, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I haven't done too much and mm-hmm. I haven't even fully read the book I'm about to recommend, but it has been helpful. It's mm-hmm. called, it's from R.C. Sproul. And if you don't know who he is, he's just, he's awesome and has some really good books. Um, and it's called The Last Days According to Jesus. And basically, I mean, Sproul, he does give his his views mm-hmm. and his opinions. Right. Um, but he does that at the end. And first, he just right. explains all of like the different perspectives that people have on um, whether it's Revelation mm-hmm. or just, just the end times. Right. Anywhere in the Bible that mentions eschatology, right. that's what he's talking about. And um, I meant to bring the book here to read off the chapter names, Sorry. but I didn't. Uh, he talks about the, the millennium. Um, mm-hmm. He talks about um, what Jesus meant on the Mount of mm-hmm. all of it. Is that how you, all of it? Uh, yes. Mount, yeah. <laughs> Mount of olives. Yeah. Um, yeah. The all of it discourse. Stuff like that. <clears throat> and it's good because the reason I enjoy it is because it's, you can just read all the way through. And I think yeah. it's interesting to do that. But if you have a, you know, if you want to know the perspectives on those mm-hmm. specific things, the things that kind of build up what eschatology is, mm-hmm. or the biggest questions out there slash beliefs, um, mm-hmm. he lays them out and explains them for you, and then um, gives his perspective, which is kind of neat that he doesn't really taint it too much. But right, um, I really enjoyed that. And then second, and I, I mentioned it earlier is the village churches mm-hmm. sermon series that are doing now. Yeah. Um, I think Matt Chandler is doing a great job of just breaking right. it down for like the everyday Christian, which is sure. Me, ultimately. Sure. <laughs> um, and so I've been really enjoying it and I think that you should listen to it because a, I mean, it's, it's a sermon each week and yeah. also, um, he does a really good job of explaining. Mm-hmm. He's talking about revelation and, and I mean, I guess Singular. it's not always talking about, <laughs> eschatology but right. um he, it, like it, it, that book to me that book is more about ecclesiology well mm-hmm. it's that's not fair i'm me being are we allowed to say butthurt on this podcast yeah. uh me being butthurt about the conversations i've had i enjoy interpreting that book closer to ecclesiology or the study of the church and just put it in in particular to in the last days mm-hmm. because all throughout the pauline epistles or sorry the things paul did um he keeps talking about over and over these are the last days and that mm-hmm. was like <laughs> Those two thousand two thousand years ago, so right. I don't think all of us missed the boat. Yeah, um, you know that'd be a bummer, right? 
it, man, if we missed the boat, <laughs> this podcast would be real dumb. Yeah. Like, guys, it's up there going like, still wrong and still out. And that's um, part of what Chandler brings up yeah. in, in one of my favorite points and things that he just hammers mm-hmm. in in all of his sermons um, is that it cannot mm-hmm. mean to us what it did not mean to them, meaning mm-hmm. it cannot mean to like the church today yeah. what it did not mean to the church um, back in Acts and in like the early church right. after Jesus. And so it really, I mean, that automatically mm-hmm. rules out a bunch of the really dumb yeah. arguments and conspiracy theories about what all these things are. And it's 5G. Yeah. <laughs> the third horse is 5G. Yeah. And then and then the second thing I've learned and is that the apocalyptic apocalyptic it's hard to say um that the imagery apocalyptic imagery um is Still not used it, but keep going <laughs> you know what i mean it's used to um to help us understand the gravity of what jesus and john are saying and and really is i mean not that literal but helps us view it mm-hmm. in a perspective that um really helps us understand. I mean, mm-hmm. like the dragon, the baby, the woman, um, yeah. that it's really talking about Mary and Jesus coming down to earth and mm-hmm. um, just makes it way more epic because it shows how epic it really is. Um, and I think it is really easy to like just listen to the story or read that that um, part of the Bible right. about Jesus being born and, and view it as this cute thing and christmas and mm-hmm. but this really puts it in perspective yeah, the, it, uh, this is the 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 and i enjoy telling this around christmas even though we've been asked multiple occasions if i could not tell this one at christmas again hey guess what guys it's coming again this christmas i'm just gonna tape my own show it's gonna be called the dragon show and we're gonna do it once a year anyway i don't <laughs> know why that got angry um it is the spiritual story of mm-hmm. what's occurring at the birth of Christ. Right. And even that there are a few scholars that they're they're trying to claim like I'm not even so sure this is talking about the Christmas uh, narrative. And I'm like, no, it is. Shut up. Don't take this away from me. It's awesome. Also, how can it not be? But whatever, that's not important. Um the the only thing I'll I'll caution, because I've gone through Chan Lur's entire thing. It's a fantastic kind of sermon series. Um the 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 only part it, it's not even a caution. This is so a nitpicky. The whole thing is fantastic. And Chandler, if you're paying attention to this, can I just, you want to come on the show? You're not, you're busy, but you know, if you're not busy, whatever, you can come on over. Um, there, there's this idea of in the, it can't, I mean to us, what it didn't mean to them. There is this aspect that, Christ is coming back in an actual presence that mm-hmm. there is a, that part that all the generations can't say Christ has already come back. Right. Um, there is a point that Christ is coming that all of us need to keep in eager expectation and in hope that as dark as things may get, Christ is still coming and Christ is already victorious. Right. That that part, there, there is a point in history where it it is done mm-hmm. uh that that the number of people aren't going to increase that that's that the 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 completeness does occur and Christ is coming back and I don't think it's a kind of a metaphorical coming back I think it's an actual coming back right um 
I mean, the a a millennials tend to say, well, no, well, they can claim that it's a metaphorical coming back. It's the same as Christ coming into our hearts, kind of a thing. Uh, and I'm like, mm, no, I I don't I don't think that's the thing being communicated. There's an actual coming back that is 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 going to be the final battle between good and evil and mm-hmm. it'll be a big battle and a really quick battle right and i've said it before and i'll say it again the my favorite part of the book of revelation is that the it, it just builds for like 20 chapters to this final battle and jesus comes back and says no and then it's over i'm like yeah. what a beautiful anticlimactic like no that's how strong i am no yeah. right oh pack it up boys we done so but but I think that's important. You, you know, there's probably about 16, 17 chapters in that book of just, it looks real dark. Uh, there's a lot of things happening, some of them by the hand of God, other things, things God permits to happen that mm-hmm. appear very dark. And to the Christian, this is still a book of hope. And to, to maintain all the hope in the dark times is a staple of Christianity that needs to be held. Right. Um, and I think especially over the past few weeks, there's been an increase in the Israel-Palestine conflict mm-hmm. uh, that, that's drawn a lot of attention, and some right. of it I think is fair, some of it I think is unfair, and some of it's biased and unbiased. Um, but it has drawn a lot of attention over the past few weeks. Yeah, it has. It's... Uh, I mean, I think most of us know that this is not new, um, and no, it's not. <laughs> and it's just kind of a flare-up of already mm-hmm. existing problems. Um, mm-hmm. But nonetheless, it is still sad. I mean, people mm-hmm. have died, children have died, and um, and that really sucks. And so, um, mm-hmm. you know, before we even get into this, like, just you know be praying for mm-hmm. for families and mm-hmm. um, them mourning the losses of family members, children. I mean, it's just really sad. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and then also just the constant fear that both of these um, countries are living in. And right. It's just, yeah, it's not great. And basically, I mean, the question that we want to tackle and kind of talk about is um, what is the right response as a Christian mm-hmm. uh to the conflict between Israel and Palestine right. and like, who do we side with? What do we, right. what do we do about this? Right. What is our stance? So one of the things Caleb asked if I could do is, is give a brief history of the Israeli Palestinian conflict. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, <laughs> um, be, there is no such thing as a brief history <laughs> of the Israeli Palestinian conflict. So it'd be a full, you can kind of go series. back. Uh, it'd be more than that. <laughs> um, y- you can kind of go back to about two thousand six. Things amped up a little bit. Uh, you can go back. I think in the seventies, it also amped up. Um, or y- or you can go back to nineteen. 19- 48 in which Israel is declared a state again. It's given its own uh, a, a nation status at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also trace it back to the Ottoman Empire uh, in the 1500s, which is partially the place that this 
kind of began in the Ottoman Empire mm-hmm. in their um, uh, incorporating of Palestinian uh, territories. Um, you can go further back than that, and even further, you can go all the way back to Genesis <laughs> in 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 Ishmael. Um, yeah, you know this this whole thing is not a new conflict. And so anytime these graphics have been coming up that this person's like, oh, from this amount of time, there's been this amount of things. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, go go a little bit further. I mean, this is not a new conflict, especially for the um, the, 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 the nation of Israel. And it's been, it's been fought over. It's been claimed. It's been re- reclaimed, claimed mm-hmm. back and everything since Abraham. Um, I mean, yeah. man, even uh, Moses and Joshua, that was kind of the thing they were doing is they said like this, uh, God told them, this is the promised space, go get it. And they're like, there's people there. And God's like, uh-huh. And they're sinful. And um, the, 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 they're, <laughs> they're done. <laughs> Essentially is kind right. of the thing they said. So this is, it's not an easy conflict to summarize. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, the, most countries recognize that Israel is a country. They have their own governments, um, and that the 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 Palestinian conflict is both complex, um, but both ends are essentially claiming they're trying to fight for their right to survive mm-hmm. and maintain their own independence. And all the things tend to boil down to this space in in Gaza. Right. Um, that this is kind of the the most contested spaces in Gaza, essentially. Yeah. Right. And I'm doing um, a bad job of the history of that because it's really complicated. But that's kind of the the yeah. uh, uh, kind of the thrust of it. And that's great. Yeah. I mean, it goes back a long time, and and so I mean, one of the the ideas that a lot of people has have, especially Christians, um, mm-hmm. is that Israel is. Like we should we should side with them because they are um, God's chosen people. That nation is chosen by God, mm-hmm. and and to an extent, yes. To an extent, no. And we're gonna get dive mm-hmm. into that because there's a lot more to that than you'd think. And I and this is what I thought before too. Before mm-hmm. researching this and diving in, um, uh, that's what I always believed. It's right. like, yeah, Israel, go Israel, right? Woo. And um, and so we're gonna dive into what that means before you um you know, criticize me for making it sound like I dislike Israel. It, it, it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah, on this one. It, it doesn't. You're going to get offended because we already took a moderate stance. So but I'm going to start out offended. with a quote from John Piper and he's talking about this and going back to what Danny said, uh, this has been going on for a long time. So this quote from John Piper talking about the events going on in Israel is from five years ago. So he says, a non-covenant keeping people does not have, um, do not have a divine right to hold the land of promise, which was given by covenant. And this is referring to God's promise to Abraham is what he's talking about here. And and that's basically, you know, sums up a little bit what we're talking about. And mm-hmm. that Israel is no longer a nation that mm-hmm. is following God. The majority of them are non-messianic jews and mm-hmm. and they do not recognize jesus as a savior therefore they are not saved and they right do, and so 
like man man this is a conversation i've had so many times i'm not sure why i have them i think mm-hmm. there's this this idea of of the the old covenant is still in effect um that that these people are they they are protected under the old covenant but that argument doesn't even it, it doesn't hold even by the old covenant standards mm-hmm. um ignoring the fact that Christ is the f- f- fulfillment of the old covenant in himself and is the institution of, of the new covenant ignoring that for a minute which is a bonkers thing to say to ignore that pivotal moment in human history right. um even by old covenant standards they're not making the sacrifices they're not doing any of the things in obedience they're supposed to be doing and it to be fair wasn't even that effective in the process Mm -hmm. they can't actually um go to the temple and make a sacrifice because on the top of it is the dome of the rock and the dome is a a a muslim kind of a holy site Mm -hmm. and jews are not permitted up there um and if they do go up there lord help us world war three begins that day um i mean that is essentially at that point it's an invasion and a big deal and mm-hmm. so as things pop off, that's going to be how it pops off. Right. Uh, and, and I've been to the country. I've, I've, I've been on both ends of it. It is both weirdly peaceful and incredibly tense at the same time. And things are just boiling a bit more and more right. and more and more until the day it boils over. Right. But I don't think that scripture keeps this backing mm-hmm. that the Jewish people at this point in history get an automatic pass into salvation because of their Jewishness um, and mm-hmm. not faith in Jesus Christ. And that's, I, I don't think they get a pass on that. Yeah. And I mean, I would kind of agree and disagree with you in the sense that like we need to define what Israel means because, Oh, I said Jewish people. You say what? I said Jewish people. I know, I know. Okay. Yeah, I'm saying that's what we're gonna we're, we're gonna die. See, this is what we're, I was talking about before. There's so which many part layers are you to this. Disagreeing with? Yeah. There's so many layers to this that we have to yeah. dive into. Mm-hmm. But before we like define what Israel means, I want to read the verse that kind of talks about a lot of this, um, and what I think I think it does uh, address what the future of Israel will mean. We'll mm-hmm. get to what Israel means. But what the future of Israel is, and, and this is just a segment of a verse um, of a, the chapter of, we're going to be reading from Romans 11. And I recommend you read the full chapter because it talks about this in greater detail. But um, I'm going to start in verse 25. Lest you be wise in your own sight, I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this and in this way all Israel will be saved, as it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion, he will vanquish ungodliness from Jacob, and this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. As regards to the gospel, they are enemies for your sake, but as regards Election, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For just as you were at one time disobedient to God, but now have received mercy because of their disobedience, so they too have now been disobedient 
in order that by the mercy shown to you, they may also now receive mercy. For God has co-signed all to disobedience so that he may have mercy on all. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable are his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. And that's the end of the chapter there. Um, but basically, I mean, Paul talks a lot about Israel and we're kind of going to dissect like what that means because there's, there's a bunch of different views of this on, mm-hmm. in how this verse is deciphered mm-hmm. and, and it's kind of crazy, but I mean, yeah. What do you think? So for this, I think w- one of the the issues in modern day interpretation is when people attempt to view or or impose their understanding of a modern day 2021 understanding on a document penned in I think like 60 AD or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was a different time, different culture, different things mm-hmm. are spoken. So the the to me when it talks about Israel, it isn't talking about the dirt of the geopolitical institution established in 1948. Right. It's talking about the chosen people of God, the descendants of Israel, mm-hmm. the, uh, or or as it, as it puts it all throughout the Old Testament, um, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, yeah. who later becomes Israel. So. Right. The, the 12 tribes of Jacob are the 12 tribes of Israel, and, and these are the offspring. These mm-hmm. are the chosen people of God. Right. And if I'm personally trying to understand that, I take that kind of concept of chosen people of God, mm-hmm. and I apply that in the understanding of the people it's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and 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 to be fair, you should go through all of Romans eleven, but a big chunk yeah. of this passage starts in a nine and keeps going all the way through eleven. So, mm-hmm. just read Romans. Yeah, just open it up. I think that's that's great though, and I think you bring up a point that mm-hmm. we can't really we can't determine or mm-hmm. see who the actual chosen mm-hmm. people of God is. Right. Um. We. We don't know. I mean, unless they did an ancestry and they go all the way back. <laughs> they know for a fact they go all the way back to Jacob. I mean, they, we don't know. Um, there are some cool things in that mm-hmm. that they've been able to trace. I mean, uh, people that have the l- 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 the last name of Cohen, there's some genetic markers in there that actually tie them to the... Oh, I want to say it's... Oh, is it the... L- 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 the Levites, I think? Mm-hmm. There's a kind of different specific genetic thing for uh, Jews that have a last name of Cohen in a mm. modern day that kind of ties to that. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Yeah, there are some. That's a really random tidbit that I learned in high school that may not even be true. So please fact check that one. <laughs> yeah, if it's true, it's pretty dope. But but I mean this this section of verses is interesting, and we know he's talking about the future of. Um, mm-hmm. 
of Israel mm-hmm. because he says, um, unaware of this mystery. He's talking about the mystery of Israel. And mm-hmm. whenever Paul says mystery, people much smarter than I am um, have have noticed that he tends to use that definitionally more as like a prophetic word instead. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's talking about the future of Israel here. And I want to talk mm-hmm. about um, something that's super interesting and what it means for people like me and Danny um, who are not from the descendants of Jacob that <laughs> maybe that I don't know. know of. <laughs> that we know. I was like about to say actually, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Is this an order of Melchizedek thing? Yeah, I don't know. Just keep going. That's not a good reference anyway. But <laughs> Paul uses this analogy and I'm going to try my best to explain mm-hmm. it to you. You should just read it. But also, I mean, Paul kind of, it's confusing even just reading it. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to explain it. So Paul uses this analogy where there's a tree mm-hmm. and this is a cultivated tree. Mm-hmm. Um, say it's a, it's an, and he talks about an olive tree. Just say it's from a farm. So there's mm-hmm. this farmed olive tree and this is representing Israel. This is God's chosen people, whoever mm-hmm. they are, um, and that this tree is them. And he talks about how in this verse, there will be a partial hardening mm-hmm. that has come upon Israel. And this is temporal. This is not a final judgment on Israel, but God is sovereignly and intentionally hardening Israel so that he can graft in the Gentiles. Paul then talks about the wild olive trees and that represents us Gentiles. And he says that the branches from the farmed olive tree will be broken off. This is talking about the partial hardening that God has put on Israel so that we may be grafted in. This is not all of Israel. This is just partial. That is an important note. And that that he is intentionally turning their hearts into disobedience so that we who are already disobedient to God as Gentiles, we did not have sacrifices. We mm-hmm. did not have any of this stuff. We are separated from God um, that we are grafted in. Mm-hmm. And this is ultimately Jesus is doing. Um, he died on the cross for our mm-hmm. sins so that everyone may be saved. And so we are grafted in. And Paul then talks about if, if he, if God has had mercy on us Gentiles to be grafted in, to, to his original chosen people, how much more mercy will he have on the fallen branches to be grafted back in? And this is what he's talking about, how the deliverer will come from Zion. He will vanquish ungodliness from Jacob. And this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. And, and this is so beautiful. And I'm going to dive into this mm-hmm. more. I mean, because this means that we all receive mercy. And... And it's good because, I mean, I'm, if, if that didn't make sense, I just want to break it down even mm-hmm. more, that this is what Paul is saying. There's three stages to what he's saying. There's the hardening of Israel and the rejection of the Messiah and the Jews, or the, not the Jews, the original Israel will reject the Gentiles too. And we see this. We see yeah. this in, um, in the New Testament countless times that Jewish people... Uh, who may have been the descendants of Jacob, they they don't believe that Jesus is a Messiah. Therefore, they re, they're rejecting the Gentiles that are now Christians. But so yeah, yeah. So so, so part of that, the thing I view that might be kind of helpful to this is mm-hmm. is is the criteria of chosen people of God. Right. Um, the, for for the first part of history, um, 
uh, well, from Jacob on, this tended Mm -hmm. to be the people of Israel, and and they were exclusively Jewish in that this is the way they express their faith. Um, At a point around Christ, um, well, and a little bit before that too, there was a drop-off. If there's a, a... a, a protected place of f- 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 faith that there people started to drop off of that and and this is kind of that pruning that occurs mm-hmm. the hardening right that they did re- did re- reject and at the same time things are being brought into the fold at mm-hmm. uh, or 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 the Gentiles are being brought in and this is the part that it gets difficult to talk about because there are at this point, as the church started, it was comprised of just Jewish people who claimed Christ as the as as their king. Right. Um, add the Gentiles, and they're grafting it in. They still did things closer to like attended temple and and, and go to the house churches mm-hmm. to to the point that they needed to have a church. Um, a meeting to determine, well, how Jewish do they actually have to be? I right. mean, this it was the Jerusalem yeah. Council. It was the first ecumenical council of, do we cut the tip off our penises or mm-hmm. no? Yeah. And Paul said, no, no, well, yeah. no. The heart's <laughs> the important one. Don't. I'm sorry, but did you guys already cut the tip off your penises? <laughs> You're like, mm, no. <laughs> Yeah, but but this this aspect of the 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 terms didn't change in an appropriate manner to be able to talk about it in a not confusing way. Right. If I'm talking about just those of the faith, mm-hmm. there are point that Jews are falling off and Gentiles are coming in. Yeah. So the chosen are those that are coming in and staying in. And the not chosen are the people who are f- f- falling off. Right. And I, I believe that to mean, and I do think it means this, mm-hmm. um, that these are the the people of Israel who do not recognize Jesus as their Messiah. Mm-hmm. I think that that's what um, Paul is talking about here, that mm-hmm. those are the branches that fell, that the people who stayed in the covenant, right. the promise that God made to right. them, are the are the um, descendants of Jacob that recognize Jesus as the Messiah? Right, and and so going on to the second step is which we've already talked about the mm-hmm. acceptance and grafting in of the full number, um, full number of Gentiles. And this is interesting to me too. Just a side note because mm-hmm. um, Paul says specifically he says until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, and even in the commentary I was reading. He's saying that like this is there is a number God has in mind for yeah I I think it's a bit of an over you think so it, well it's because because it gives this picture of God's got a clicker ninety eight ninety nine a hundred close the door um it's not more that. until it's it it's not a numerical as it is a percentage right until the amount of people God predestined exactly like yeah. It, it it just it, it can come off as God it, it it comes off as God's doing a Willy Wonka. Yeah, no. You know, there's I mean, five golden tickets and after that no one else gets in. I take this to mean I'm I'm fairly Calvinist, mm-hmm. I'd say, and I take this to be a very good representation of limited atonement in the sense that 
yeah, it, there is a predestined God predestined people, and and whatever the full fullness of the Gentiles is, whatever that is in God's mind, um, we don't know. That's not up to us. But there is something He has in mind, mm-hmm. and so that's that's the second step that Paul's mm-hmm. talking about: is the acceptance and grafting in of the full number of Gentiles. And then the interesting part, which I just like never knew this, is. Mm-hmm that all Israel will be saved. And so now we know that Israel is the descendants of Jacob, whoever that is. Like we said, we don't really know specifically. I'm viewing that as chose, as the concept of chosen mm-hmm. people of God. Right, and th- that's where because this has changed. You're grafted in because we, yeah, the we chosen are, people of God. We are the tree of Israel. Mm-hmm. We have now been grafted in as Gentiles. Right. So it's no so, longer just Jews. Right. It's Gentiles, which now means... We don't have to say Jew and Gentiles anymore, um, or Israel and Gentiles. Like we are all Israel, um, whatever, um, because of the new covenant. Mm-hmm. And so Israel. I just, I just think the term Christian is much easier, just given right the state of things. Yeah, I'm just trying is, to. Explain sorry, I'm. The I, verse. Just, I just again. The, it's been like conversations I've had poorly for thirty years of my life. Yeah. I don't know what I was doing the other five, six. <laughs> yeah. How old am I? I'll be under here. I'm going away. Continue. Six-year-old theologian Daniel has just been really oh, struggling. Oh, that sounds like garbage. <laughs> um, but no, but basically, I mean, he talks about that the deliverer will come from mm-hmm. Zion, and he will bank, bank, banish, not banquish, I don't know what that even means, banish ungodliness from Jacob that, um, that the, I mean, I take this to mean, and the commentary I read, and... Just from just reading the the verses before I even read the commentary, that the whoever the the Jew the original Israelites mm-hmm. were the descendants of Jacob, um, that if they ha- are a fallen mm-hmm. branch, that they will be grafted back in as right. well, and right. that Jesus will open their eyes to so that they will recognize. Um, they will recognize um, him as their savior. And sure. he says this is because of their forefathers. Sure. Because they were well, faithful and... Kind kind uh, you, you also have to view that from the thing he says in Romans 9, verse number 6, mm-hmm. that not all that claim they are Israel are actually them, and that the, 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 the genetic... Uh, a kind of descent isn't actually the important part. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you, Zep. Um, he agrees uh, that, that 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 just because a person carries the, uh, this kind of genetic understanding of well, no, I I'm, I'm birthed into it. That's actually not a thing, and I don't think even this passage in Romans is talking about that. It actually talks about everyone's grafted in, um, is especially towards uh, the end. Every every. All people are grafted in, either those mm-hmm. grafted back in or those grafted in as Gentiles, because it's all by grace. Uh, and, and, and this is is a grace understanding mm-hmm. of of the covenants, because both covenants are based in obedience. Um, and hey, that's controversial. But so I, I mean, me I do believe that. that there is there is an election towards well, the chosen people. Well, hold on, give me one second, because I just said something very controversial. That both covenants are based in obedience. The old is in the obedience of the people, uh, in 
in the old covenant that they took on mm-hmm. faith, but they still need to earn it in obedience. Um, but they couldn't actually do that because the endless kind of the sacrifices of animals from year to year to year to year, it actually, it was only efficacious by grace. And then the new mm-hmm. covenant uh, at, after completing the old covenant is still based in obedience, but that obedience is the obedience of Christ imputed to others. Mm-hmm. And, and based on that and Christ's statement of, of I am the only way to the Father, I don't think mm-hmm. that there is any kind of circumstance that a person can go, I'm still under the old covenant and I'm Ill- and, and, and I can, despite not being able to be obedient and re- rejecting the clauses of the new covenant that they're going to find eternity based on their genetic disposition because mm-hmm. even Romans 9 would very much disagree with that. Yeah, I mean, to I I would say to an extent because I mean, I might still I might disagree with you on that in the sense that I mean, he talks about but as regards to election they are mm-hmm. beloved for the sake of their forefathers. Um for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you in the sense that okay, let me this is going to take a second for me to explain. I think that there I believe that there is um, grace towards those people. But the problem is we don't know, and neither do they mm-hmm. know if they are directly connected to the line of Jacob. Mm-hmm. Therefore, that's the reason. I mean, God has extended grace to everyone. is, And, and so that they, they are not only grafted back in, I think that the the fallen branches are grafted back in because of whether that's they they recognize Jesus as their Lord and Savior, or God intentionally turns their eyes and opens their hearts to that. Sorry, just clarify: Are you claiming whether or not they acknowledge Christ, they're still grafted back in? Whether or not they acknowledge Christ? Yeah. Yes, I mean that's what he says right here. That the deliverer no, will I, come from Zion, and I'm, he will vanquish ungodliness from Jacob, the, and this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Scripturally, is mm-hmm. no backing to say that they get to eternity in a, a manner other than Christ. It is through Christ, though. But that isn't the thing that you just said. Mm-hmm. No, it's no. I clarified, and you the, said the the covenant the covenant of the the tree that. Mm-hmm. That we are as Gentiles grafted mm-hmm. back in, and my computer's about to die. But, um, and that they and this is what I read in the commentary as well, mm-hmm. which obviously is not the Bible, and I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. But he he said that they that they are grafted back in, and and that this right here, the section where he says the deliverer will come from Zion and vanquish ungodliness. Mm-hmm. That this is this is not. That this is Jesus, like himself, opening their eyes. That it is through Christ still, right? That He is just going to open their eyes. All right, then. Then to be clear, because I want to clarify the thing that you said, because it may have come off different than how you, you intended it. Mm-hmm. Are are they able to be grafted back in and not confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? No. They are not. Okay, they, so that's different than the thing you just said. They will recognize. I'm okay. Saying, but what the commentary sure. is saying 
And what I mean, I thought that this was saying too, is mm-hmm. that like, just as God, um, intentionally, as he hardened Pharaoh's heart, as mm-hmm. he's hardening, partial, a partial hardening has come upon Israel, mm-hmm. that hardening will lift and their eyes will be opened. That's still because mm-hmm. of Christ, but their eyes will be opened. Right. Um, and, and it will be them recognizing Jesus, that he is the Messiah. Right. Okay, so that's different than the thing you said. So I was just trying to clarify mm-hmm. that that's very different because I've had that argument over and over things. of, no, they get to be saved because they're Jewish. No, I'm sorry. You you do not get a pass on that because a person is Jewish or because, well, they're they're of, uh, of ancestral Judaism. I think the important part to understand in all of this is that mm-hmm. at a point, all the people are grafted back in. Right. This is all. All the people that God intended to be there are in there. Yeah. That there is a no more Jew, Gentile, slave, or free, Greek, any of that. There, the distinction isn't actually important in the end because it's those that are chosen by God in a, in a manner or other to the glory of God. Right. Fast forward to today, the problem comes in the conflation of terms of do we mean the nation state gets a pass because they have the same a name as the other thing mm-hmm. and i i don't think so i yeah, think no, as i don't think so either. as as a christian our job is to speak out against injustice at at any turn and to be honest i don't think and this is where i'm going to get in trouble um that the the end that has thrown up four thousand rockets in the span of five days, targeting civilian homes, all these things, and is fueled by a known terrorist organization called Hamas. I don't think they get to call themselves the good guys. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 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 the argument I've watched politicians make and other people is that. All right, but they're they're the nation's uh, iron dome. They were able to take down ninety nine percent of them, so it's unfair to retaliate. I'm like, that's the weirdest logic I've ever heard in my life. Right. Um, I think the Christian space in this is to call out injustice at any term, at any time, at any right, any kind of circumstance, um, but to extend grace to all parties involved. Yeah, I mean it's. It's interesting because I mean, and even going back, I mean, it's it's Israel, it's Gaza, mm-hmm. it's Israel, it's Gaza. Like, mm-hmm. both of them are guilty, and both of them, whether it's Gaza is the one that is more responsible now for things going on, um, it doesn't matter. And like you're saying that that there are people who need Jesus in both of these places, mm-hmm. and that we shouldn't let this view right. of the government of each of these places let us l- lose sight of mm-hmm. the individuals that live there. And, and ultimately the need that all mm-hmm. of us have for Jesus mm-hmm. and, and that that is the only um, way that we will be mm-hmm. able to cease war, be able to cease um, um, anger and strife among peoples and in that, yeah, we just can't lose sight of that. And, and I think mm-hmm. that in, in all of this, it, we should be praying. Mm-hmm. We should be praying for both sides. Mm-hmm. We should be praying that um, that there is reconciliation, and and that there is that eyes would be open to recognize Christ uh, as Lord of all. Whether that's government members in mm-hmm. each of these um, countries, whether that's military members, mm-hmm. um, that ultimately He is the only one that will help. Right. 
and it, and it's his mercy. I mean, and just going back to, to what we were talking about, about like the theology behind Israel that I just want to like, that it, it is because of God's mercy that we, we are able to, um, to be one family and, Mm -hmm. and that that is the only thing that will unite anything Mm -hmm. is Jesus. And I want to read this quote, um, from, uh, Ben Witherington. And I think it just sums up kind of the, what we talked about in Romans very well. It says that God shut up all to disobedience in order that he might have mercy on all. This means that all Paul has said about hardening in Israel being vessels of wrath was a temporary condition and had the ultimate purpose of God having mercy on all. Or to put it another way, that God did this so that all would have to relate to him on the basis of grace and faith. So no one would think that they had God in their debt or that he owed them something. Which, I mean, is great. That God intentionally levels out everyone so that we can rest on mm-hmm. his grace and and have faith in him. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had a few people ask, should we be supporting Palestine or Israel? And the answer I have in that, especially in the face of impending a war and mm-hmm. a, another ceasefire that both sides said, sure, and then nah, yeah. um, is you should be praying that God be glorified and that there be peace. Right. Um, that that to those that are, it, it's it's a, a weird thing Christians tend to do when a person they think is their enemy dies, they tend to celebrate. And that's the part that as Christians we need to be careful about doing, mm-hmm. that you don't get, to do that because right. that means that person, if everything I think about them is accurate and true, they're in hell mm-hmm. and that is an eternal state and there's mm-hmm. no going back on that one. And I can't in good conscience go, I'm glad that that person is going to, to f- forever experience mm-hmm. the wrath of God. Right. Um, I, I just, I can't do that and maintain. Right my faith and And so at this point our goal is is pray for peace and that mm -hmm. god be glorified and people come to know him right i think i mean celebrating yeah celebrating the death of someone is and even i mean whether it's full-on celebration Mm -hmm. or even you just feeling any amount of joy inside of you is something that should be brought to god because ultimately there's something in us and i felt Mm -hmm. this way before for sure i mean i think everyone has whether it's I mean, I, mm-hmm. I haven't felt it specifically this, but in other areas, mm-hmm. um, that we are we are boasting in something that isn't Christ, and that's kind of mm-hmm. wrong, you know. Yeah. That that we think that we are we are better than them, um, that we are uh, just greater than them in any way, mm-hmm. ju- just because of whatever it is mm-hmm. is is wrong. That it is Christ alone that we th- that there's any reason that we are good and it was his choice to do that in us and so yeah it's mm-hmm. it's rough so this is definitely a complex geopolitical kind of situation going on so mm-hmm. do yourself a favor read more than the headlines or a snippet of an audio clip while you're on the treadmill at the gym um, if if there's a thing that you're actually interested in getting into debates about do your research and home 
work on it because it's complicated. Uh, and check both ends of the argument because I'm finding both ends of the news stories to be just incredibly dishonest in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. So dig in, get out a history book, go back to the 1500s, talk about the Ottoman Empire, go from there, start figuring it all out. Um, but oh, above all, give grace. I mean, they... The Bible tells us they will know we are Christians by our love, mm-hmm. not our angry Facebook and tweets. Um, so in this, instead of going, well, we just need to just do this, take a moment, chill, and actually dig into it, and then pray f- for all the people because uh, this is actually, it's not slowing down and has the potential to be a pretty big kind of situation going on. So, But mm. it is complex, and we would like to hear your thoughts on it and anything yeah. that's been brought up in this podcast. So uh, any of those thoughts, go ahead and tell it to us. Right. Um, our, our podcast is on Facebook and Instagram at Nobody Special Podcast, mm-hmm. and it's good to just uh, go in there and give us a comment and you know maybe give us a share if you think about it. If you think about it, and mm-hmm. you can also, I mean, yeah, you can ask us questions there, or you can go to thegospelpost.com slash nobody special, and there's a form there uh, where you can either say hello or ask us questions. And yeah, I mean, we did talk about uh, a bunch of things in this podcast. So whatever you have questions mm-hmm. on, whether you want us to expand on some smaller thing, mm-hmm. or even if it's completely different, mm-hmm. and a question for another episode, then yeah, let mm-hmm. us know. We'd love to hear it. Absolutely. Don't just tell us we're stupid. Tell us why we're stupid. Exactly. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Constructive criticism. Tell it, I mean, still tell us we're stupid. <laughs> like, I'm totally open to that. You idiot. I'll probably yeah. open that email. I'll be like, okay, you have my attention. <laughs> oh, so. also YouTube. You can oh, find yeah. us on YouTube. We're on YouTube. And you can comment there if you want to ask us questions, say hello, give us a like, subscribe, all the things, ring the bell. Um, yeah, whatever you want to do. <laughs> dab. Just randomly dab. No, and I can't get behind be that. be looking out for our makeup tutorials. Oh, gosh. <laughs> nope, that is a joke for audio <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Well, Caleb, this has been a great topic. This is all Caleb's topic. He won't talk about this because... Mm. Lord knows I'm too jaded to want to talk about either of these things. But, Caleb, this was a fantastic topic, and I'm glad that you chose it. uh, Thank you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to do it for us today. So I'm Danny. And I'm Caleb. And we are Nobody Special. Special.